Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 34. Just sign on the dotted line and I'll take care of your film, said every predatory film distributor ever. This is the Film Entrepreneur Podcast, where we teach you the top strategies, tactics, and growth hacks that every indie filmmaker needs to know to make money with their films. We are the podcast that puts the business back into show business. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Film Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Today's show is sponsored by Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, how to turn your independent film into a profitable business. It's harder today than ever before for independent filmmakers to make money with their films, from predatory film distributors ripping them off to huckster film aggregators who prey upon them. The odds are stacked against the indie filmmaker. The old distribution model of making money with your film is broken and there needs to be a change. The future of independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker or the film entrepreneur. In Rise of the Film Entrepreneur, I break down how to actually make money with your film projects and show you how to turn your indie film into a profitable business. With case studies examining successes and failures, this book shows you the step-by-step method to turn your passion into a profitable career. If you're making a feature film, series, or any other kind of video content, the Film Entrepreneur method will set you up for success. The book is available in paperback, ebook, and of course, audiobook. If you want to order it, just head over to www.filmbizbook.com. That's filmbizbook.com. Today's show is also sponsored by the Make Your Movie Bootcamp. You want to make a feature film but have no idea where to begin. I feel you because that's exactly where I was when I first got started, but I finally decided to stop talking about making a movie and go out and just do it. After working in the business for over 25 years and working with some of the biggest clients and stars in Hollywood, I decided to finally make my first micro-budget feature film that was self-distributed, sold around the world, and I even got a streaming deal from Hulu. It took me years of hard work to learn from my mistakes and to get where I am today. I want to help filmmakers break through their own fears and show them the secret sauce on how to make a profitable film. The Make Your Movie Bootcamp is a two-day intensive covering on day one, micro-budget filmmaking, and on day two, the film entrepreneur method, where you learn how to create revenue from your feature films. We cover everything from flushing out your idea, the screenwriting process, finding money, crowdfunding, directing your film, post-production workflows, marketing, film deliverables, self-distribution secrets, and how not to get ripped off by predatory film distributors. The bootcamp takes place March 28th and 29th in Burbank, California, and spaces are limited, so act now. Head over to mymbootcamp.com. That's mymbootcamp.com. 
www.thepodcastmaker.com. Well, guys, today we have a very special episode because we have been gifted a peek behind the curtain of a bad distribution deal. Filmmakers Kerry Carlock and Nick Luck Ulrich decided to blow the lid off of their bad distribution deal for their film Armstrong and started to publicly talk about numbers, how they were treated, how their creative how the creative choices of how the film was distributed and marketed were done. They pretty much lay it all out for everyone. And this episode's going to play as a crossover event between Indie Film Hustle and Film Entrepreneur because it is such important information that I want to make sure both tribes listen to this and get this information. Carrie and Nick were extremely brave to come out and talk about uh, all the, you know, kind of dark underbelly kind of stuff that film distributors do and how filmmakers are are like abused and taken advantage of. You know, a lot of these predatory film distributors, key to success is the silence of independent filmmakers who have gone through bad experiences. Filmmakers generally aren't very forthcoming with bad, you know, experiences, bad numbers, and they don't come out publicly and talk about it. But Carrie and Nick just said enough's enough and we're going to come out and talk about this. And of course, if they're going to come out and talk about it, I'm going to ask them some questions about it and bring that information to you guys, the tribe, to help defend yourselves against these predatory film distributors. And now with all of this new news coming out with the tug, either bankruptcy or going under situation, I'm hearing more and more updates now from filmmakers that have not been paid by that company for for since 2018. And they kept saying the check is in the mail, the check is in the mail, the check is in the mail. There was a lot of the check is in the mail talk with Tug. And I'm going to be doing an update on that later this week. Now, before we get into this interview, if you guys have any questions or have you want to know a lot about what's going on, not only with Distributor and Tug, but just generalize film distribution, what's working, what's not working, uh, talk to people who've gone through it, you got to join our Facebook group, which is free to join. It's just a wealth of information and the community is growing daily and it is so supportive and so uh, amazing. Someone asks a question, there's 10 or 15 people answering it. And I love what we've been able to build out of that community. Originally, that community was brought together by me to talk about this the distributor debacle because there was so much confusion and so much mis- misinformation out there that I said we have to come have a place where we can all meet and talk about it. And I can't tell you what a resource it is for filmmakers. Like I'm learning things as I keep listening and watching what is being done in the in the Facebook group. Now if you want to sign up for free uh, and join that Facebook group, go to indiefilmhustle.com forward slash protect yourself. All one word. Indiefilmhustle.com forward slash protect yourself. And you can sign up for free on, on Facebook and ask questions and people will be there to help you. And it is a just just a treasure trove of information. So please check that out. So let's jump in. Without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Carrie Carlock and Nick Lund Ulrich. I'd like to welcome to the show Nick Lund Ulrich. 
and Carrie Carlock. Did, did I do okay? Was it not too bad? Nice. Yes, perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for coming on the show. I I found you through. Um, please remind me the the show that I found you on because I forgot her yeah. name, but she was Naomi a guest on our show. Michael Jones. Yes. Her, her um, movie's called Bite Me. Yes. And she did the traveling tour. You know, trying to disrupt the typical distribution model yes and you guys made a little guest appearance on one of their episodes which we yeah. have we have on ifh tv as well like i actually told oh, them like, i wanted to put it on because i was like this information has to get out there so when i heard your story i was like well i need to have you guys on because you have a true life distribution story that doesn't get talked about in public very often and i've mentioned it many times i've talked about situations like this but it's really good to put a face or faces with a situation and really share really, and you guys are really being very transparent with your numbers and what happened, how it happened and so on. So I wanted to bring you on and maybe even dig a little bit deeper than before. So, you know, let's, let's see where we can go with it. So first and foremost, how did you, why in God's green earth are you in this business? So let's just start right from there. I know you, I know Nick, you're a VFX artist. I come from the post VFX world as well. So I'm assuming. So how did you get in the business? First of all, Nick, and then you carry. Um, you know, I always wanted to make movies and when I got to LA, I thought, you know, because I loved special effects and visual effects, I felt like the, you know, my road in would be through that creative pursuit of learning the craft there and sort of building from that to, you know, become a filmmaker. So that's how I got started. Um, and then as it went along, you know, I kind of realized that, you know, it's very difficult to sort of break out of the your lane so to speak like i was a visual effects artist and a, you know an accomplished visual effects art, artist but that didn't necessarily lead itself to uh filmmaking as as a full-time career um and it took a while to kind of realize that um so but that's how i that's how i got in uh, and there's you know of course there's plenty of stories of visual effects people becoming full-time filmmakers it's not like it's unheard of but I think, you know, after the fact, I was like, well, it seems like, you know, the, the creative professions you'd think would be more likely to kind of jump, make that jump, but maybe less likely compared to like the assistant track or the, you know, where I feel like that is much more common to sort of move into the more, you know, creative uh, head of the head of the pile, so to speak. In the, within the system itself, not in the indie world, but within the system itself. Within the system, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we both kind of took this um, view of our careers, I think, as like, well, keep doing, like, keep gathering experience, and that'll add up to, you know, probably in our heads, like, getting that big shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had to make our own shot. Yeah, we realized that that, that was maybe not the case. So yeah. we had to sort of engineer our own yeah, breakthrough. I, yeah, because I studied theater in college and then I was yeah, um, came here because I always loved film and television. But I had no basis of knowledge. So I just kept taking jobs. And that kind of put me on a reality TV track. And I went uh, being a film director, being a story producer, being a showrunner and then being a television executive, which I recently quit to focus full time on filmmaking because we, (laughs) because you're not, because you're not, you're not working full time trying to do Armstrong. And it was, 
crazy town. No, it's I, I completely understand. So I always tell people, and he was like, so I'm thinking about him like getting into the film business. I go, well, are you insane? Because if you're insane, yeah. that's that's the <laughs> beginning levels of just walking in. And as long as you understand, I'm, I'm crazy. We're all crazy. We all got infected with this virus years, years ago that we cannot vaccinate from. So um, it's just what it is. Like I always say, it flares up sometimes. Sometimes it goes dormant. It's a it gets a little itchy, you get a little scratchy. The only real treatment is being on set. Really, it's the only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I mean, like when you ask, how did you get into it or why? We love stories. Yeah. Right. You just, that, that's how they get you. And that's yeah, how they, It's just like a passion. You. Yeah. It is. It is. No, it, it's a very honorable uh, passion to tell stories and try to express yourself as an artist to do so. It's just that whole business side that really gets in the way. And that's kind of what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to educate. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's why I wanted to bring you on the show because we're going to talk about your film, Armstrong. So tell me about the film in the first place, what it's about and how it, got, how it came to be. Okay. So we, you know, ever since our like our second date, we were talking about making a movie together. And so we kept trying to come up with an idea that sort of brought two things we love together. And so the, the elevator pitch for Armstrong is it's a a rookie EMT on her first night on the job, her and her partner pick up a wounded superhero and have to help him survive the night. So that's the elevator pitch for Armstrong. (laughs) But the idea was, is that was, you know, my love of comic books and, like character driven drama and, and, and yeah and carrie's sort of i you know real kind of small character piece so we took the idea of like from an uh indie film yeah. idea of like, like how do you make an indie film two guys sitting in a room talking as like how you make a really <laughs> low budget film ours is just on a speeding ambulance so you've got so it's basically my dinner with andre meets avengers i get it i got it <laughs> oh yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, really trying to keep it as small as, you know, small scope as we could. Um, but that's sort of the genesis of the idea. And we worked on and off with a friend of ours named Nick Rufka, who's a screenwriter. We worked with him for a number of years whenever we had free time, which wasn't much. Because we're all we're all working. working yeah. And developing the screenplay and sort of it re- we, we had gone down the road with a production company like pretty far thinking we were going to get it made. Like crewing up. Yeah, like we were, mm-hmm. we thought we were very close and then just. Ghosted. Shocking, shocking. Yeah. I can't, I don't even, I don't even understand how the hell. That's, that's the first I've ever heard of something like that yeah. happening in this business. I, Except for that when it happens to you, you're like, what? Yeah. We, what, what just happened? What did we, what did we do? You know, it's we not were- your fault. It's theirs. It's it's just it's just the it's, it's, the money's about to drop. Um, that's always I have the I have the letters of intent. It, yeah. the, right. the, the actor is almost attached. Things are almost there. Let's start crewing up. We have yeah. and, you start, and you go through all this kind of you walk the walk, but you're not really getting. You're just kind of like walking it, and you get farther. That's farther than most, by the way. That's much more yeah, than ours. Pretty excited. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it felt great. We were there was dumb. lots of flare ups. Yes, we were very itchy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that was going long, and then that kind of you know went away, and then we kind of. But we had had so many. We were so ready that we're just like we're just going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's our dog barking. It's okay. We, we we move on in the show. We okay. just keep going. So uh, the, so the budget you uh, how, what was the budget of the film in the first place? So we shot it for one hundred fifty thousand okay. dollars. Um, 
yeah. And since, uh, you know, Nick did all did the visual effects and what we could do with what Nick could do for free was also very instrumental into how we developed the, the script. Yeah. We sort of said, okay, we know we can do this X, Y, and Z. And we sort of, we structured things around that. Like no stuff I could specifically do, do myself. We had, we had help from a few friends, um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so it was one hundred fifty thousand. Um, and you pay, and you, and you got it yourself. That was money from your own pocket. Yes. So how we, at the time, I was I a friend of mine. We had our own visual effects company, and we were we were done. We were done running a visual effects company. Shocking like, again. Also shocking being in yeah, post. Shocking. It was, it was it was it was too much, and so we're like, well, let's let's get out of this. So you guys got the budget yourself. So how did you get, how did you raise the money? So at the time, after the production companies fell apart, uh, I had a visual effects company with a friend of mine, and we were we were burned out, and so we decided to close up shop and and sell off the visual effects company. And in doing that, that provided us with the budget. We were just like, "Hey, kind of a windfall. Let's just take it and invest in ourselves." And you know, the point was just to get on the board. You know, like we just gotta get get one done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get one done. And, and it's an, and it's an ambitious one. I mean, you guys are, you know, you guys both were professional filmmakers in one way, shape or form, whether in both sides of your film. So you guys weren't just like fresh off the boat going, I'm going to make a movie and, you know, just, and, and, uh, I don't know what the accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> It might be easier to be just like ignorance is bliss and just I, some, yeah, sometimes it is, but you guys are going yeah. after an ambitious project with some visual yeah. effects and stuff like that. Trust me, I've worked, and I'm sure you have too, Nick. And in, in, in when you get films and people who don't know about the visual effects, like, <laughs> yes. So there's four different colors of green screen in the same <laughs> shot that they're crossing. Oh, and his shirt's green. Fantastic. Oh, I got a roto. I got a roto. Everything. Oh, great. Oh, you got five dollars. Oh, that's fantastic. No wonder you yes. closed your business down, sir. Yes, exactly. It was all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> that just the the stress that goes along with with that. So we had that money, and we, you know, we we knew what we wanted to do. We had a, you know, the plan. We had two producers, uh, uh, Paul and Doug, and they. Um, they helped us a lot sort of put things together because they had produced a number of, you know, micro budget features and their experience uh, was invaluable to sort of get things budgeted, get things figured out. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we could not, they were awesome there. You know, they were our, yeah. Yeah. They they're helped. amazing. We could not have done it without them. And you had, and, and who was, uh, I mean, do you have any marquee talent or did you just have some faces that some people could recognize? Yeah, we, um, Vicky, Judy from Orange is the New Black, who, um, Played Janae Watson, who was like the track star on the mm-hmm. first couple uh, on the first couple, I mean, well, yeah, all the way through, but was featured in the first seasons. Um, and uh, um, yeah, so that was our main. Yeah, so she's part. our lead. It's only three characters. <laughs> I mean, really, and she's you know she she was on a, at the time, especially Orange and New Black was really popular. Um, so she was you know people knew who she was. Um, our other our other star. Um, Sean Parsons. Parsons. He had been on this short called The Gunfighter, which was a million people. I saw it. I saw it. It's fantastic. Amazing short. So he, you know, a lot of people knew, you know, he had been seen, eyeballs had been on him. Um, He'd been in a number of smaller roles. And then Jason Antoon, our third actor, his, 
you know, he's in Minority Report. He, he's, he's, he's on Claws now. He plays Dr. Ken. Um, he's like just a fantastic actor. And, but, no, three of them, yeah. but no major names that would actually no. bring dollars to the bottom line. Got it. No. But I don't, so 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 far everything seems to be working. You know, if, if I'm if I'm grading this, if you, if I may be so bold, <laughs> if I'm grading the situation, you've got two accomplished filmmakers who have been in the business for a while. You're making a fairly low budget film, about one hundred fifty thousand dollars, has some visual effects in it. It has a genre that's very you know, even though it's a kind of hybrid of a indie drama yeah, mixed drama. with yeah. yeah, but you could still you know, there's something there's an explosion or two. There's some fun there's there. Some- yeah. It's so, and you have a couple of faces that people recognize. So it's not a. Col- I mean, trust me, I've heard colossal, ridiculous business plans before. This is you're so far, you're doing okay. Um, there should be no reason why you could not recoup that budget, and even God forbid, make some money. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe in theory, so far. So I have to ask you, what was at what point in this entire process did you think about distribution or think about how you were going to recoup your money? I mean, <laughs> Nick, Nick is just shaking his head no. Well, <laughs> honestly, we were all we knew was to apply to to film Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Festivals. All right. That's all we knew what we, to do. We were, I mean, I mean, we'll be completely honest. We were like extremely naive when it came to after the movie was done. <laughs> most, I mean, most I, filmmakers are. Yeah, <laughs> and, just, and we kind of realized that. I mean, and, you know, and I don't think we were like, you know, overly confident, like, oh no, we got this. We just were like, you know, we know we have visual effects. We know it's a marketable thing. We know similar movies like this do okay as far as we can tell because this information is controlled like Fort Knox. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to get legit information on small movies. Yeah. And the year we applied to Sundance was the year of that expose where it was like sort of revealed that, you know, if you get a voucher, that's a good sign that, you know, you're maybe you're on the inside and it's all sort of rigged. Oh yeah, it uh, is. I mean, know, it, I mean, so- it, 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 look, there's, I was involved with the movie that I did post on that actually got into Sundance and, and it wasn't rigged and it was this $200,000 or $100,000 indie, like super indie, very character piece driven. And it got in and it won two awards and it was dropped off 30 minutes before the last day before they closed the doors here in LA. So that was, but that was 2010. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and, and it was that, it was a changing of the guard, but generally speaking, Sundance, and I'm not going to say this, like Sundance is rigged. There's portions of it that are, there's pretty, I mean, there's definitely backdoor deals. There's definitely, Hey, I've got this new movie with Steve Carell in it. 
Right. And there's a system for getting in if you've done the labs and all that. And yeah, there's all of that stuff. Filmmakers, yeah. yeah, we just were blinded by the the brand back in the day when it yeah, exactly. And it's just like it's I think it's even if you sort of understand that in your mind, your heart says, No, we can win the lottery. No, we can win. <laughs> And and that's the thing that I, I talk about so much is that lottery ticket mentality. Look, I yeah. submitted to film. Look, you all submit. I've donated so much to Robert Redford's retirement plan. <laughs> it's it's not even funny. So I always just look at it when I submit my film. I'm like, look, I'm buying a lottery ticket and yeah. and I don't plan to get in. I can't use that as my distribution model. Uh, it's just – you know what? If you, why not? And if it's fifty bucks and you don't mind losing fifty bucks, if it's seventy-five bucks, you don't mind losing seventy-five bucks. Go for it. But the odds are so astronomical against you is is not even funny. And most filmmakers have the exact same thoughts patterns that you did. Well, like, well, we'll finish the movie and then we'll just submit to Sundance and South by in Toronto, and something has to work out. Yes, that's kind of. I mean, that's kind of where we were at. I mean, we we thought if not one of the big sort of three to five then one of sort of the second tier of mm-hmm. sort of higher end genre. Or genre. Yeah, That's genre kind of was our, that was our, the extent of our plan. Like fantastic fest. We were, we would have died to get into. Yeah. But it seemed to me on a marketing standpoint from your film, you're not indie enough to be indie and you're not superhero enough to be genre. So you're caught in this weird gray yeah, totally. area. Yep. Yeah. And so when we didn't get into, so we applied to Sundance, didn't get in but at the same time, we had a little bit of a web presence with a great little teaser. Mm-hmm. And we started getting cold called from sales agents. Mm-hmm. We had also been to Fantastic Fest as fans and met some of the sales agents there and um, submitted to, to, to them. And they said that that's what they said. It's not there's not enough. Genre, there's not enough. There's not enough. Yeah, agents. there's not enough action. To, or like sort of that kind of thing to classify it as like a true action movie, even though it does have explosions and it's too genre to be like considered as a straight drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, which we, we didn't even, like, again, we thought there, we thought there was enough action. We, we did think there was enough. It's, like, you're splitting. Me. So you're from, from, at least from my perspective, you're splitting your audience. So you, you can't target the indie crowd, which is a tough audience to, to, to go after anyway, like the whole art, art house film festival crowd, because it's got superheroes in it. And that's just not, you know, and then you can't target the superheroes. And it's like, Oh, that's just an indie two guys talking in an ambulance. Yeah. Too much talking. <laughs> right. So it's a weird, uh, we we would watch this movie because we're both we both love indie and we both love superheroes. Correct, I do too. There's got to be more it. people like us, you know. But then you have really to an- but you have to analyze then the market and like, okay, well, we want to watch this movie, but how are we going to actually target those films? How are we actually target that audience? How, how any of this thought pattern in regards to distribution uh, really, and I talk about it and I'm not to promote my new book, but I, I talk tremendously about it in the new book about how to become a, how to make your movie into a business. Um, but all right. So you get call cold call from uh, sales agents. So explain to people what a sales agent is. I've talked about it before a little bit, but just so everyone listening understands what a sales agent is. So a sales agent will rep you at the markets, um, take a, a commission from the sales and a and and basically their their PR. You pay for their their PR. Sort of a limited, sort of narrow PR kind of thing to sort of they have to hype it just enough to as they as they sell it. 
So wait a minute. So the so the deal. What was the percentage deal, if you want me to ask, from the agent? Did he take like twenty percent? Uh, it is. I believe it's ten percent from domestic and twenty from foreign. And twenty from foreign. I yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah. then there was a marketing budget for him. Yes. Uh, there was there was money taken out for promotional material at the markets. Well, uh, and, the, and, <laughs> and what was and what was the, what was the cost on that? Uh, it's. I mean, it's fifteen grand. They took out fifteen grand. Oh. And they say, and they and they sort of tell you, you know. We're going to add up the expenses, and it won't are. go over fifteen grand. Of course, not. so it's fourteen nine five five five. With know, like obviously a very expenses. detailed report on how these expenses were done. Correct. I mean, obviously, <laughs> any business would do this. <laughs> we, and that was one of the things we were sold on. We're like, oh, this person is willing to be totally transparent. We have never seen receipts. Yeah, we've seen a very sort of top line, vague sort of explanation as to what it, this was spent on um, at the markets. Uh, and also told we were going to split it with the other films that were being promoted, but it, it does not. No, so appear. the way so the way it works is, uh, and I, I I look at AFM. I met some very nice sales agents. I am friends with some very good sales yes, agents. There absolutely. are good sales agents out there. With that said, they're also predatory sales agents. I'm not saying yours is, but this is what they generally will do. They will say, it's only a $15,000 thing, and we're going to take five films in that, but they're going to charge each film $15,000. They're not going to spread the cost across. They're going to charge each, and they're going to eat caviar. They're going to eat sushi. <laughs> they're going to travel first class. Drink champagne. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to drink champagne, and uh, and they're going to be driving. Probably the some strippers. There, there's a, there, there's, strippers there's probably a stripper or two in there, and and there's a Tesla, I'm sure. So, <laughs> so and maybe a, a Tesla, maybe there's champagne with caviar and sushi and a stripper inside the Tesla. I'm just saying, yeah. as they drive to AFM. Let's oh, say. We should have been at the party. But you were but you were hosting the party. So yeah. okay. So so now you've thrown a middleman in between the next two or three middlemen. Because there's multiple middlemen in this road to profitability. Okay, right. so the so sales agent. Is now repping your movie. How long was that deal for, by the way? Five years? Five years. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Okay, so now it's a five year. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say at five years, and if the initials in the in the first year, if the sales were under, I think it was fifty thousand, mm -hmm. we got we got the rights went back to us. Right. And they they were fifty in the first year. You know, of, of we, we saw it was yeah. Of course. So it, yeah, and it's it, it was so we were excited. You yeah, know, like, I mean, initially with lo lots of offers, like right, at, you know, pretty right out of AFM, mm -hmm. um, lower than the productions, but it still was really exciting. And um, well, so let's, let's stop it for a second. Well, let's talk sure. about projections. So I want yeah. people to understand the magical words of projection because it's a wonderful sales technique that they use, where they'll go, look, I think. Here's the sales projections that we're going to lay out, which is absolute BS because nobody knows what they're going to get. But generally speaking, they say, hey, we're going to – I think in Germany we can sell this for five grand. And then this – so is that what they were basically throwing out at you? Yep. We got a full like breakdown of kind of like, like sort of across the markets, what was expected. Um, and we were totally honest like saying we would love to recoup $250,000 – 
So the projections were conveniently, I think, for three fifty. Yeah, something like that. It, it, it was more than we want. You know, it was it like was a, the right sweet spot of like what would make us really happy. And we're like, yeah, we we you know we would be ecstatic if we got a little bit more than we invested. We would be ecstatic. So we were like, you know, his projections, great. We'd also just want to point. We talked to a number of people he had repped, and they had great things to say. Did they? Uh, did those people that he provided, or did you actually go out and look? That was the thing is they provided. provided. He provided. He provided, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So uh, you, you've been throwing every trick of the book here on like every yeah. little thing. Yeah. yeah. And I just, just I want to just say an aside of like, and maybe we'll get to this, but I just want to put this out there is we, while, while Paul and Doug helped us produce the movie and get the movie made, they were for production. They, they were there for post, you know, watching cuts with us, giving us, you mm-hmm. know, encouragement, but they were not sort of post producers. It was just the two of us for all of post into distribution. And that's our biggest sort of regret is we didn't have somebody else right. with us that could help guide us. Cause we had them guiding us in production. Why didn't we have that other person who could have helped us with this stuff? And just be perspective cause we were too in it and too emotionally invested really, I yeah. think to, to, to be like, <laughs> well, wait a second, maybe we don't, maybe we ask a couple people who aren't on their list, yeah. you know? It's the um, thing is that, we're sold this model from the moment we even hear about the film business. Like you've got to make your movie and, and then give it to a distributor and they're going to write you a fat check. And it's just a story that has been told to independent filmmakers since the dawn of independent filmmaking. Uh, it's yeah. just the story that it's just the way it is. So you're just like, I just got to make my movie. I just want to make my movie. I don't want to think about the business. I yeah. don't want to think about, let's hire someone to do that, but, or we'll figure it out or we'll submit to Sundance. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we, back to the, what you were saying, we have the, the projections mm-hmm. um, and uh, they seemed very reasonable. And we're like, even if it's a f- half of this, we'd be like, well, because yeah, we knew that they were going to be over over projected. Were we were we buffered. you know we're you know we figured that's but that's fair. I mean that's part of sales. I mean yeah, buck seventy five, buck seventy five. I'm happy. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so you know we looked at this um, and we're like, okay, let's do it. And and at this point though, we were very burned out on making the like exactly. Yeah. We were very burned out. We had gone back to the drawing board when they when we were told we needed more action and be like, okay, what could we shoot very easily? Like three or four things we could shoot with if we hired like a stunt double Yeah, and do like a couple of little things just to pepper it a little bit. We had started planning, planning, we that, had planning, planning that. it and it was exhausting. And we were like, I don't know if we want to do this. I don't know if we can. And so when this sales agent came along and was super encouraging, he would describe our, you know, sort of how he pitched selling the movie. It was like that. You get it. You get what this movie's about. It was. It, we couldn't resist because we were we were too burned out from posts. Just to, what you know, year was this, by the way? So this was. So we went to AFM um, in 2016. Okay, it's a different, very different world than it is today. Yeah, without I think, question. I think that was maybe even a turning point year because yeah. you know I think we gave the benefit of the doubt of like those projections might've been from the previous year, you know, but, but it's just totally different. And there was of course, no minimum guarantee thrown up up front of you. So with the, with the deals that we got, we were shown a, you know, a flat fee. 
Uh, no, but with him, he didn't give you a minimum guarantee. No, no. no. Okay. No. So now, so I'm just trying, so I can explain it to everyone listening. So now you have a sales agent who's a middleman to then sell it to another middleman, which is a distributor or a distribution company per territory. And, and he took world, I'm assuming. He didn't just take yeah. domestic or foreign. He took world. Okay. Yeah. So he took all the rights, basically. So you gave all your rights to this guy for five years yeah. and he's going to rep your film, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then now he's going out and he's getting deals um, internationally, basically, right? So he's selling a territory here, territory there. So how'd that go? First, I just want to also point out that the the other great thing in our eyes about having a sales agent is they take care of all the. You're paying them to take care of all the paperwork, all the delivery, you know, all the QC stuff happening. Like there was something really nice about that too. And that but you pay for, but you pay for and that. You're paying for it. And, and you're paying and, for it. And that market rates either you're getting paid, you're getting double charged and triple charged. What they, would they be? Right. Exactly. So that's a hidden thing that comes in later too. But <laughs> um, but that was part. That was another part of the. Just yeah. I mean, it made it sound like you know his, them handling that stuff sounded very appealing again because we had been dealing with yeah. You know, and let's just move on to our next film yeah. and like. So we, yeah, so we got a number of, we had a number of offers right off the bat. I think, I think Taiwan and Japan and and China were right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was, so I I think China was 10 grand, Taiwan was four grand and Japan was 10 grand. And those were like within, I think the first month of AFM, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, those were coming right off of AFM, which is our first market. Yeah, so we're like, this is amazing. Yeah, this we is were, so easy. I don't know why everyone sorry. doesn't do this. Yeah. It was. It was <laughs> and fantastic. by the way, those are the people that we talked to, that he had given as our as people to talk to, as people who had sort of were just in that same zone that we were in, where they had just. Oh, started. so you, you hadn't you hadn't talked to anybody who had been down the line with him two exactly. three years. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he just basically was, talked to. We're still in the high of getting offers. Yeah. So basically, I mean? all I these. Now I'm like, oh, well, we would have said the same thing. Yeah. Right. You know, it was. It was exciting. Oh, oh, this guy was professional. I got to give it to him. He really yeah. knew how to do this. And again, I don't, I don't know who he is. I don't want to say his name, uh, but and, and 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 just I want to just say like so getting so we had those and like right off the bat, um, we got those those offers that sounded great because there were others where he was like, no, too low, don't take this. They'll be they'll be better yes, ones. Or that person doesn't. We haven't you know gotten checks in a timely manner. Like it all was really good information. They don't we pay. Were, yeah, wait for something else. And so we were very pleased with the relationship. And we did. And we waited and we got a better offer for, for you know, the first offer from, from Japan was half as much. So mm-hmm. we got another one. It was twice as much. So, super. so uh, it probably quick. had something to do with the strippers. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, but so um, you see the stripper thing just threw me off. Hold on a second. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to ask you a very good question. Okay. Did he ask for a credit or a logo in front of your movie? Yes. He does have a logo in front of the movie. There's not a credit. There's, but there's a logo in front of the movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So now you're getting projections coming in. And, and I just want to, you know, one, right is, I just want to back up just one moment. We, we had contracts with him and we were, you know, because we knew AFM was coming up, we were getting pressure to sign these quickly, which oh, we understood. We understood why. And we, you know, we briefly ran them by some folks. They were like, this oh, is, yeah. This is probably bad news. And we're like, okay, we fought back on a couple of things. 
But again, we had the pressure of we knew, I mean, and we knew AFM was coming and we were burned out. We wanted this movie out of the house. We wanted it out. We wanted Literally because we edited it in our house. Yeah, we wanted it. <laughs> we wanted it out there. Um, so I feel like there was a sort of rush that, you know, retrospect, we had all the time in the world to analyze these contracts and, and deal with them. That was another but, thing I was going to ask you. You So you didn't have an a, 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 a entertainment attorney uh, that you hired somebody to we actually did, look we at. We did. We did have someone go through it very quickly. Um, as a favor or as, a per, as an actual deal? Oh, no, we paid them. We paid them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And they, uh, and they warned yeah. you. And they warned they you about something. Yes. Yeah. And so there were certain things that we were well aware. The, the things that we talked about that weren't working out for us, that wasn't, I don't even know if that stuff came yeah, up. we that, saw that. Like the, you know, the, the you know, how the, the expenses and stuff. That was, there were other things that, can't even remember at this point, but we were also reticent at that point to keep dumping money into a lawyer because again, burned out emotionally and financially at this point as well. Um, right. Uh, and that's, so, 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 and again, I want to clear, I really want to clarify for everyone listening. So you've given this man uh, and the sales agent uh, the power to represent your film. So then they have the power to cut any deal they want exteriorly, or do you have a, a say or not? Yeah, we have a say. There was always an, I mean, to our knowledge, there yeah. was always a, you have an offer for this. Do you want to take it or not? So there but did was you see contracts though? Did you ever so see contracts? Never seen, you contract. never seen a contract. And that's, right. that's what I'm saying. So he could tell you the numbers, but he doesn't tell you what's in that totally deal. That could be totally. that like, you're never going to see a dime other than this or that or blah, blah, blah. More than like, I mean, we kind of figured that, but uh, again, we were, these deals came in right away and then you know, then it kind of it lulled, and then it picked up. I, I can't remember when we got the domestic offer. Maybe like in the summer. Well, we didn't find out about it until October. Like we found out about September. The, well, we found out. We so we got a domestic offer. Let's skip to the. We got a domestic offer. It was with a a reputable company. We knew the company. We had seen movies that they had released. They wanted the, to do a DVD, a Wal- Walmart DVD, Walmart exclusive, and all streaming. Which mm-hmm. we thought that amazing. So no MG on that either. It was going to be a revenue share on that one as well. Uh, no, no, we, it was ten grand up front. Okay, so for, there was an MG from that deal. Yeah, there was yeah, an, yeah. a ten thousand dollar MG. Yep. Okay, um, for all so of them, for all of domestic, all of domestic. Okay, and but we, you know, this episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Again, the company, we knew the company because... You know, at that point, they'd been quiet. We hadn't gotten some offer. You know, a number of people turned us down, like other notable companies turned us down. Um, so we were very excited that it was going to be, you know, it, it was going to be out there where people would be able to see it. And I was just going to say, like, what we got pretty much every month was a list of everybody they had 
sent it to, that had watched it, that were considering it, or who had made offers. So you sort of get a list every every month, every month and it, it's like feels like there's traction happening because um, you kind of see, you know, people passed or people uh, still considering yeah, or they're still considering. Yeah. And so it was, you know, you, you see who it's out to and you're like, okay, wow. You know, that's, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of smoke and mirrors is what you're telling me. Yes. It, yes. I mean, yeah. We would say, and then, and at that point, you know, with the, with the domestic, I, I believe we had received some money because that's when we found about, found out about the expenses uh, that was being taken out. So, so when we get there, because that's a whole okay. conversation, I want to really get into. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, so now you. So uh, before we get into the expenses, uh, another part that filmmakers don't really realize a lot is that when you sign over the rights to uh, a distributor, let's say they can market that film however the heck they want to, and they can package it however you want to. And before you tell me your horror story, I'm going to tell you my first horror story. Okay. Where I had a group. I had a group of short films that I put up together as an anthology, and it was sold domestically to a predatory film distributor, who um, and I had a sales agent. Okay. And they so they so they you know sold it no money up front it was just a rev deal, and then I started seeing the artwork come back and it was like some hot woman who's not in the movie with a gun. See who it's out to, and you're like, okay, wow, you know that's it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot a lot of smoke and mirrors is what you're telling me. Yes, it, yeah. I mean, yeah, we would say, and then and at that point, you know, with the with the domestic, I, I believe we had received some money because that's when we found about found out about the expenses uh that was being taken out so so when we get there because that's a whole conversation i want to really get into (laughs) yeah i mean yeah okay so now you so uh before we get into the expenses uh another part that filmmakers don't really realize a lot is that when you sign over the rights to uh, a distributor let's say they can market that film however the heck they want to and they can package it however you want to and before you tell me your horror story i'm going to tell you my first horror story okay. where i had a group i had a group of short films that i put up together as an anthology and it was sold domestically to a predatory film distributor who um and i had a sales agent okay and they so they so they you know sold it no money up front it was just a rev deal and then i started seeing the artwork come back and it was like some hot woman who's not in the movie with a gun and <laughs> and then there's like a small image of a couple of the stills from my movie i was like what is this and it's, you know it's all this stuff so but luckily i was able to get that out of their hands because of a technicality in the agreement where mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. was able to get it back, and that distributor never distributed that, or else it would have been gone for seven years. Uh, and it was a bunch of short films that I really, you know, it's you know whatever. But I still wanted, I got everything back. That was my experience with that personally. And then I've seen thousands of it in post production. Just yeah, I've seen I've seen distributors change the name of the movie to start with the letter A, so it's at the top of the oh, catalog. Yeah. 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 So, so the, what was your experience? Uh, I think that was one thing in the contract that we were wary of, but he would not budge on is that they had final say on the poster. And we had invested on making a really great a good, yeah. poster. It's beautiful. So I saw the poster. I saw your Thank poster. Thank you. Beautiful. So we went into it thinking like, well, okay, well, why spend money on something when we, they have We had this made and, and, you know, we copied. Well, mean, because they're going to charge. Not that we it. copied, but. At the time, Sicario had just came out. Sicario was a well-received movie. We 
heavily were influenced by the poster design of Sakari. I, no- I noticed that. Yes, <laughs> and I'm shamelessly saying that because it's, it's fine. a cool post. It's a cool poster. Sure, and you know, with that Emily Blunt was the way she was featured in it. Like that, we felt like okay, this is a great way to to sit. But yeah. it also Sicario is an so, action movie. I mean, yeah. it is. So. And so going back to the things that uh, Nick and uh, the mashup of sort of Nick and I making this movie is the thing that was very important to me was female lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we ended up extending the idea of parody into our crew as well. And we had a uh, mostly female, uh, heads of departments and we ended up getting the reframe stamp, which is, um, awarded through Sundance and women in film. So we're like super proud of that. Awesome. Um, and I just want to preface Pre- that. Yeah, yeah, that's a reason for that. <laughs> when we got their poster that featured our white male superhero mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. her on the t- cover at all, I was heartbroken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Vicky, who again, the most arguably the, the most known of the three actors was not even on the artwork anywhere. She wasn't, she wasn't anywhere. And with the first that we saw this, this, you know, this image of, of our, you know, this, just the superhero and some fire and, and some buildings exploding. And we love our, our superhero actor. Sean is amazing. He does a great job in the, in the movie. Yeah. And um, no slight to Sean being on the cover. Sean should also be on the cover. Correct. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but it just was like, this is not the film. This it is, is not, this is not the, the movie. And anybody that watches this is going to be disappointed. So, so you're, how does that help, you know? So you're telling me. That a distributor <laughs> Mark created a poster that wasn't really on the nose and really wasn't representative of the topic of the film just to sell it and deceive the public? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. So I said, I, what is there to believe in but anymore? I think in our <laughs> point of view, why do you need to deceive the public? Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, look, what I, I, is the point in deceiving the public? I get that. This is my feeling because I, you've been screwed by a, a trailer, I'm sure. You know, you like this trailer. I'm like, oh, this is great. And there was a movie that came out I just – and it was an Amazon Prime movie and it had like Olivia – had Olivia Wilde in it and it had um, – oh, God, uh, the guy from uh, – uh, Isaac Hayes – not Isaac's um, – what's his name? Isaac's. Oscar guy, Isaac. Oscar Isaac's and it was like a great freaking cast and it was sold as like this really fun – all about love, rom- not, not comedy, but like a romantic drama kind of thing. And it was just funny. And there was a couple, of, and I'm like, this is great. And then I, st- my wife and I start watching the movie and I'm going to ruin it. Cause I don't want anyone to watch this. <laughs> Oscar shoots himself. It's like straight up suicide on screen. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? How-? Like half, like halfway through the movie, just straight up. Not, not like off camera straight. <sighs> and I'm like, and the whole movie's like there every basically every little funny part is in the trailer. Right, so it was right. such a misleading. Oh, it was from yeah. the writer of Crazy Sex uh, Crazy Love Love Action, not Love Action, but Crazy Love Something with um Steve Carell and, Carell and Ryan huh? Yeah, the, the the guy the the, the, the Steve Carell Ryan Gosling movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Crazy Sexy Love. Yeah, Crazy Sexy Love. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. which is a fantastic <laughs> film. I love that film. So they were selling it as it was that. It was yeah. not. And yeah. so don't feel bad. There are other <laughs> other artists that do it too. Yeah, yeah, we. I mean, we understood that. Like, we we understood that there was probably going to be, you know, some sort of way it was going to be marketed. Or and, more sci-fi. Yeah, and so when when this so the the, yeah. uh, the sales agent had this poster made right to sell it at the market. And we're like, oh, so right. so so that was the sales agent who put that poster together. Yes. Yes. 
And, and I would also like to say, coming from a visual effects and a, a comp guru. Oh, it's a horrible comp. I saw the poster. <laughs> it's, it's, a ter- it's, a ter- it's a terrible comp. It was a terrible design. It was a terrible comp. It's so a- it's so AFME. And if you understand what that means, it yeah. is so AFME. Yeah. You can do that. You could replace that with Jean-Claude Van Damme and make it a cyborg and you're done. You're good. You're good. Yeah. And so, okay. We, and all of his other movies look the same way. Yeah. And so we figured, okay, fine. Sell, fine. Fine. Sell it that way. And <laughs> you guys are just giving up. You're just like, I, 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 I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. I mean, we gave notes, but it was on. Uh, deaf, deaf ears. Deaf ears. Yeah. Sure. So, but we thought, well, you know, fine overseas, whatever. Fine. We'll hold out hope for domestic that we can at least try and talk to them and get our poster in there. Because again, our poster was made copying a Hollywood, you know, a Hollywood movie poster, which after Sicario became a design trend that was seen in so many movies. Still, still, I feel like, like it's still really white hot. background collage in the middle became like a very common design. So yeah, we like, knew it like was, floating heads or any of the other. Yeah, ones. yeah but with the, the white, the white back. I mean, it became a very prevalent trend. But then they did not. So we were we picked up domestic. It was and it was not used domestically. Right, um, and we, it was crazy because when we talked to yeah, the we, company, they were like, "Oh, we really love your poster," and we're like, "Oh, great, will you use it?" And they were like, "Oh, well, we're already done. We've already done." Walmart everything. already picked what they want, and we don't know if Walmart even knew that there existed anything. It's just like so nobody's talking to one another. And, you know, no, no, there are other people talking. There's just no one talking to you. (laughs) These guys are doing things behind closed doors. You guys aren't getting spoken to, but I promise you there, there was a conversation about that cover. There was a conversation about how this was going to be sold. There's no question. Yeah. And what's it, the, the other encouraging thing is we saw other artwork that this company used and they definitely did not sort of traffic in the AFM look. They had a, a couple of movies that would do that sort of thing, but they had plenty of other movies that were doing you know, much more sort of, you know, current design trend in cover mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in PR. Because that look is very B, you know. It's a B, it's, it's C off. movie. It's B, B, yeah. B, C movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I promise you, this is what happened. The sales agent, they go, "Where's the artwork?" And the sales agent just sent that artwork in, and that was what the company did. And they're like, afterwards, right. they're like, "Oh, what's this other poster? Oh, we already went down the road because we're a machine, and that's just the way a distribution right. company would work. Why are we going to go back and rechange it for this little? No, not going to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we, you know, this this went on, and the sort of the other thing that happened with the domestic distribution is we knew we were told it was going to be released in the fall. That's what we were told. Great. It okay. was already like September. Yeah, and we we didn't know, and so we were like, you know, we would ask our sales agent, like, hey, you know, what's what's happening? I don't know. I don't know. We didn't find out till. We knew we knew it was going to be. I think we got a little bit of information that it was going to be October. Okay, October. So we started putting together our own sort of little premiere, like we were going to rent a theater, you know, just to sort of give something for our cast and crew, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, try to build some buzz, yeah, try to, an event that could that we could market in some yeah. way. And then we, but we didn't find out till like maybe ten days before it was going to get released. Well, we found out because we saw it on. Pre-sale, Did we didn't see, we? I, I and we were like, what's this? Nobody, but the point is nobody told us until it was way too late for us to like actively mobilize to sort of get some kind of like social media traction. Uh, 
yeah, we just did not. So we kind of scrambled to do what we could, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was not enough time. Like we wish we were given two months warning to kind of start. 90 know. days, 90 days is general. You yeah. Know. yeah. Right. Or, or if, if you spend $200 million, it's a year. Like, you know, right, they, right. They, we're hearing about movies that are coming out next summer. I mean, and and I guess the point is like we the night we're revealing all of our uh, naivetes. Yes, Uh, we thought we would be told. We we kind of knew. Well, they're not they're not going to put a lot of money into it. We're going to have to be responsible responsible for that. And yet, they didn't capitalize on us as being able to drive anything. Like there was no communication as far as conversation at all. No, no. it's like, they're just putting, they're just feeding the machine. They're just putting stuff out there. They're not in our experience, at least at our level, which is a very low level, but you know, they're just, they're just throwing stuff out there to see what sticks. And, you know, I think we wish we had the opportunity to just like really target audiences. We thought would love the movie and like, we try, we did a little bit, but we nowhere near as much as we, would have had we had more time yeah. to kind of and again it's like something that gets away with, from you and you're just like uh, okay <laughs> like, it's, gone. it's gone he's gone you know. so so with this 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 uh domestic distribution deal that you had did they, what, what did you see the terms of that deal in regards so you have no idea what the terms of those deals are you know that it's a, a year did they tell you how long they have the deal for I believe it was five years. I thought it was five years. Five years on the streaming and Walmart had it for six months. Yeah, on the, the, DVD. the DVD exclusive. Got it. But so, this is just an email with bullet points. No we, contracts we or anything. Any yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, I feel, I'm feeling, I just, I, I, I feel yeah. it so into my soul when I hear these stories. And I yeah. hope everyone listening can feel not only and your frustration, but my frustration as well, because I'm just right, like. That doesn't mean that that's going to be everyone's experience. It is going to be everyone's experience. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to tell you. I, say, I think this is the bottom every, of the. No, it's not. But- no, no, I need to stop you. It is not the bottom <laughs> at all. And I want to make sure everyone listening to it. It is not unusual. It is not an outlier. This is not an outlier situation. This is business as usual for filmmakers. The outliers are, oh, I got paid. Oh, I had communication. Oh, I had some creative input into marketing. Oh, right. we, we we worked together as a team. That is an outlier situation. What yeah. you guys is everybody's experience. And uh, from mean, somebody who's yes. in doing this all the time, this is, I'm telling so, you. So that being said, I just want to just slightly be positive at this moment. How dare <laughs> yeah, you? No, I don't. We, How dare we you, got, sir? We got domestic distribution. We're everywhere. We're on every streaming platform. Sure. We're, you know, on, we were, we, be, we showed up on prime unbeknownst to us. All somebody, one of our friends was like, Hey, did you guys know you're now streaming on prime? Like, no, no I, I understand. Not. So I, if, and if I told, and if I told you oh. now, if I told you that, uh, me personally, I could have probably gotten you on all those platforms, um, for a very right. little bit amount of money, uh, w- right. with that. Uh, and you would have kept your money. Like, yeah. So I so other people like, oh, well, they got me on the platforms. Like you can get yourself on the platforms either through an aggregator or even through a a, a decent distribution deal with a smaller company. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like we have seen other avenues that get people onto the onto the platforms. But again, I think because like you know, our movie, you know, when it the week before it was on the top of the iTunes pre orders, like it was there for a few days, like it was nice. right there. 
Like we, we had that moment where people, you know, it, it, but had we had a little more warning, could, could what could it have, what could it have been? Yeah. Right. So this is October of 2017 that it hit. Yeah. DVD. End of the month. DVD shelves. Yes. Um, it hit yeah. the streets. It hit the streets, if you will. It, it hit the, the streets. streets. Yeah. yeah. Well, also literally, because then maybe a year later, it ended up on a uh, pirating uh, right. so platform. A, a friend of, of ours course. emailed, said, hey, you guys, you know, you're on, you, there's this this torrent aggregator and your movie, the top 50 movies. That's awesome. Our movie <laughs> was the, no, I, we were shocked. And it was Everybody the, always asks us if you're like, did you send a desist and deceased letter? Uh, no. no. no we, we, because if people want to click on it, we're happy. Uh, so it was there. It was the only indie movie out of the entire 50. There was not a single other, every other movie you knew you had seen this movie. It was a big. It's like Hollywood Bumblebee release. and Jurassic Park. It was because it was sold as an, it was because it was sold as a superhero action movie. Well, however, well, here's the, here's the catch. It was pulling from IMDb, which has our poster. Oh, so it was not, nice. It was, it was yeah. not the, the marketed ad or, Key artwork. It was our. So artwork. what you're saying is your artwork might have sold this movie better. Is what you're saying? That's what we're saying. Stop That's it. That's what we're saying, Alex. Oh my god. Yes. Oh. I'm sure there's something to this, like random movie uh, being in the middle and people just being like, "What? What's this?" No, we know that's what it was. I never heard of this. We're going to click on it, but it was there for a good seven months. If this you, it, this is the way I look at, and uh, piracy is a thing that comes up a lot of times, especially with indie films. And I always tell people, I'm like, "Look, if you've made it to the torrent pages." You've you've arrived, um, and there's nothing you can do about it, and <laughs> there just isn't. There just really no, and, isn't. And all we want is for people to see our movies. That's, that's all. That's all we want <laughs> at this point. At this point, this point. we know we're not getting the money. So at this point, all I, love, we want I just for people not for people not watching this. I just saw Nick just like that's all we want, man. It's just it's just all. <laughs> it's just all we want. I, I literally saw him turn his head. Yeah, I was like, I no, just, no, we just, just want some eyeballs. We want like we know people. You know, we know that this movie is. There's people who this movie was made for. We yes. want them. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, yeah, but you we, should we, be able to profit from this. You should be able well, to generate revenue from this. This is yeah. a business because someone made money. It just happened, someone, didn't happen to be you. But absolutely. so I want to. So now let's go down to the breaking down the. Yeah. The the uh, so and I'm going to ask this question because I have it written down. Obviously, there was absolutely no reporting on any marketing, how it was broken down, anything like that. No. 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 Okay. And there was no reporting on the revenue other than just like very big bullet points, like Japan, $10,000. That's it. We, we, the one thing we've seen, we've seen a sales sheet from the Japanese uh, distribution company. Okay. Uh, it was almost impenetrably complicated looking. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like all these documents are very hard to very read. Very complicated. By, by design. Uh, by by yes. design. Yeah. Just like, oh, okay. Um, but it, but this document is basically like, yeah, you sold this much, this much, you're owed nothing. There's a you zero know? at the bottom, but There's you know, zero at the bottom. 500 units of this, you know, honestly, way more than we would have ever expected. I mean, we're like 500 people. You can't, you can't walk the streets in Japan. That's how famous you are. Like you are, you're huge in Japan. You're huge in Japan. <laughs> we are happy. We're so happy that somebody, you know, sight unseen bought this. I mean, it's, it's a. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thrilled that people want to watch a movie. It's I, on. It's on France Amazon. Le Fiel. Yeah, the, I mean, I, the, so iron, the iron arm, I think, is what it's called in, in France. France. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the iron arm. But I'm laughing because it's not what you intended. This no. is not this is not the creative intent here. No. Yeah. Although it's it's actually the guy's interesting. The name is Armstrong. Yeah, the, the French the French France did their own artwork, which was very interesting looking. It was like a Well, we were charged for that too. Yeah, I guess we we, we were charged for that. <laughs> okay, so I gotta hear I gotta hear this. All right, so let's break can you can you break down yeah. these expenses? I would love to hear yeah. this. So how so much came in far- and then what are the expenses? So what we were told as far as what these contracts uh, added up to was about $62,000 worth of uh, contracts to, to different territories, territories. including domestic. Uh, the domestic. Yeah, ones. this is, yeah. So it's, and this is, this could be out of date. This was, you know, we've seen I don't other. I that total has changed though, but. Where's Some of this other stuff. Latin America is there because there's been times where things we've been told is going through and then it fell apart. Right. So, you know, but yeah, we're we're operating off of sixty two thousand right now. Real, real quick, As, before we go, can in the contract, can do you have the right to audit? I believe we do. I you should start. You should start auditing ASAP. Yeah. So you know, we we thought you know. Uh, a friend of ours, we've now become fr- good friends with an entertainment lawyer. And he's like, can I see those contracts? I'm just curious. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah well, we, sure. <laughs> and at one point we said, and we, not in a threatening way, but sort of like, you know, we just, a friend of ours told us that we should audit you guys. And they were like, oh, no, no, no. We don't need to do that. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Go look over there around the corner, but this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. ignore the guy behind the curtain. And that's, and that's exactly when we knew we needed to. And, and we also, we talked to a, another acquaintance who is a filmmaker who made a movie much bigger than ours, you know, small, still smaller, but a much bigger with a much bigger distributor. He had almost the exact same story oh, yeah. to tell oh, yeah. about all of this. Like, uh-huh. if, if not were, worse, if not worse, if because not they spent worse, more money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because there was more. And that may actually made me feel better. It sucks, but it made me feel better that, like, it's not just us. It's, right. Well, like Alex is saying. Yeah. Like, it's everybody at a mu- even a much, you know, a triple our budget. No, uh, even more. Like, multi million. Yeah. Movie. Three million, I think, the budget was. So, oh, oh. The oh. exact same story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think initially we were like, well, the last thing we want to do is spend more money on trying to get money that's. The, you know, when we go down these numbers, it's that number is not that high. All right, so sixty-two thousand. Now that we have yeah. a lawyer okay. that might do it for free, yeah, maybe. We'll, okay, so sixty-two thousand in in total sales uh, across the across the world. Um, out of that, there has been um, commissions. Yeah, ten thousand in commissions. Commissions. What's commissions? Meaning so that's, that's the percentage from each of the contracts. For, from for in, him or for him. for him. him. 
the sales agent. Yeah. So but then the expenses, which remember was fifteen thousand dollars, yeah. and they made it right to fourteen nine five five with no explanation of how that money was spent. We did see a breakdown of like flights, hotel rooms, something like and that stri- was- strippers. Got it. And strippers. Yeah. <laughs> strippers or sushi. Got it. It was divvied up into sort of you know seven broad categories. Got it. Uh, so then, for instance, um, we'll call this category withholdings, um, like France asked, uh, <laughs> you know, had some QC problems that then they had to fix. We had to do some technical stuff to fix things for France, which was, we were, they were, you know, they were things, there was like, you know, a bad pixel in one shot. Okay. But you could have fixed that easily. And we did fix it. We, we, we did, no, all of these, all of these things we did fix. Yeah. We were still docked for it, however. How? Oh, so you did the work, but then you were still charged. Yes. yes. So that was thir- some of these they did. That How was thirteen. Yeah, yeah. How does this work? How does that? Okay, go ahead. We we don't we don't really know because again the the issues that France had like yes there was a bad pixel yes one of the audio channels had a sound effect that was part of the because France did a dub which we're we still have yet to hear but France dubbed it and we there were some seatbelt sounds in one of the audio tracks that sort of got married the, to the got in the way of that. So yeah. fine, whatever. So they had to ADR, they had to like foley that out. We, we but we did it. We did we broke it out and sent it back to them. And you were still charged. So what was the charge for all this post work? So that's like a ten thousand dollar charge. That, well, well wait a minute. That together, was, together. Well together, but then we looked at no this was something that came much later from South Korea. South so Korea South Korea paid us ten thousand dollars. Okay. Right? Great. We got. We then saw much later uh, withholding from South Korea for nine thousand nine hundred and fifty nine dollars. We don't. We have not followed up on this because this was a relatively recent thing uh, that we happened they, to notice. This they gave you forty one, thirty one dollars, thirty one dollars, forty one dollars. Yeah. So th- this is something new to us that we have yet to even pursue. We don't know what's going on with this. And you've right? spoken. And you've spoken to the sales agent. He hasn't said anything about it. No, this is because we noticed this. Um, I don't. We noticed that it was as sort of after the fact. Like, um, well, communication with the sales agent it goes nowhere. So it it. it so you can't get him on the phone. Uh, we ha- well, we haven't. Yeah, th- th- there's a, another story coming. So, okay, <laughs> please so that, continue. Yeah. We had the South Korea withholdings and that, again, we haven't, we don't really know what's going on with that. Um, Mm -hmm. So right now our total profits is around 24 grand. We've been paid 16 grand. And so right now there is around $8,000 technically, you know, give or take ballpark is owed to us. So just to be clear, it went from 62,000 to 24,000 owed us. We've been paid about 16,000. So you know, about 8,000 were still due to be paid based on these initial contracts. We've got about, a, about a, all, of all the money that was paid by somebody else, we got a third of it. And we're about two years in. Yeah, I was about to say, we're two years into this process. Well, three, AFM was three, our AFM was three years ago. Right. Yeah. Because they won't take it back to another AFM. They won't just keep selling it at the other AFMs. Well, they say that they do. I mean, they, you know, we're, we're still in their booklet as of films mm. that they have available, but of I course. don't, they're not selling us, but. And, and we had seen, so about a year ago, a year ago, right. We had seen a number of, like we saw an offer from India, like three more kind of bigger, you know, reasonable, like 10,000, 
And we saw that offer coming in. We got the we get the sales sheet, and we've gotten a couple of those that has like the actual money. Mm-hmm. So we've seen these from, from our sales agent. They have, they, you know, what's been paid to us, what's been deducted, and we we get those. So we got one, and we saw some deductions on it that were like, wait a minute, you already took money out for uh, for domestic. So we had this domestic his, offer. His commissions, he's taking. From whatever he's sold, regardless or not he, that he's gotten and a check, paid, he takes his commissions off of what, off the top, whatever off of the agreed. So basically, he's like, "Hey, I yeah. promised to give you ten thousand dollars in six years, but I'm going to take those two thousand dollars right away, right off the top right. before the money comes in. So, but some, if some other money comes in, I'm going to just take that right off that, right? right. Regardless Jesus of Christ. things have fallen away. So, what you're going to pay us back a commission you already took for yourself? So, highly unlikely. So we know that, like the because our do, our domestic distributor, they um they had been bought by another company, and that's what we were why we were told yeah. the uh the payment was coming slow. I so want to ask. I so want to know the well, name, and I know who it is, and I know who it is. And well, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it here. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find. Anybody wants to look at it, it will be a. All you gotta do is just go on on Amazon and see what who's selling it. That's all yep. you need to know. Right, exactly. Start the movie. So you can finish the movie yeah. too, but you'll see. The logo. So that way they can get paid faster. I mean, we, we're hurting for them. <laughs> they really need That's to get true. that money as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. <laughs> so we we saw that he that that a sales agent had taken commission from the domestic payment from more additional foreign sales that were pending. Okay. So there was a, like a pending South American deal and a pending Indian deal, I believe, uh-huh. or UK deal. So, so we're like, they were like, so great news. Your domestic, domestic check came in. Um, you'll be getting $5,000. And we were like, no, no, no. You've already taken your commission for this, for our domestic. You took so your, we should get the whole You took out. your domestic out of our, our uh, Chinese deal. Right. Or, you know, you took that thousand. So we need the full 10 grand. Right. from from domestic we need like you've already taken it please give us the full 10 grand when this other stuff comes in then you can take your commission off that and that basically we have not talked that, to him that's since. broken the relationship uh when we asked know, it was for like that is money. not how we do our, right. our accounting and we we're like well that is not good at accounting we want the ten thousand. they did give us the ten thousand, but that has been Okay. That has is now the blockade. There's there's no communication. We ask for things. We we're you know we, we haven't called honestly, but you know it's we, like we get set. We still get the updated sales thing every you know every six weeks or so, which is just that list of where it's out to. It's not money. Yeah, it's so. not a sales sheet. It's like who they have it out. Yeah. To. When you say have it out, you mean they're they're talking to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't change because now it's been three. It's the same document every month. Pretty much. Because yeah. it's been three years now. They're not pushing our movie anymore. <sighs> yeah. Um, um, so that's why we're uh, saying, you know, there are a lot of things that we could follow up on. So why don't you have your attorney? Why don't you have your attorney friend just send him a nice little letter? That's it. I think that's our next step. Yeah, we because we do know there were like three other op things that were coming through like that we know is out there. So there should be some more money. The other thing that sort of happened was uh, South America asked for uh, E&O insurance. Which we have E&O insurance, but they wanted their E&O insurance. South, um, okay, let's clarify this. Some country in South America 
is well, asking all, all of Latin America. Latin America. All of Latin. America. Okay. So, oh, so you're sell, so you're going to sell it to somebody for all of Latin America. Yeah. All of Latin America. Is that a is that a it's a foreign company? I'm assuming. Yes. Uh, a sa- a yes, Latin American distribution. A Latin American distribution company is asking for E&O insurance um, because they're afraid of whatever from the states affecting – you were shot here. So obviously there's the very unlikelihood of anything – errors and omissions going to be affected by them. So I'm assuming – okay, so um, what's the cost of that E&O insurance for them? Do you not have E&O insurance? You had E&O insurance. So we we had E&O for the domestic, which – Of course. yeah, we, we did. We but that's not good enough. That's not good insurance. enough. Right, exactly. And um, what was the cost of their you know, insurance? No, it was like, I think it was like 4000 okay. yeah. And, who's, and <laughs> who's giving you these numbers? The sales this, agents. The sales agents. Yeah, so we reached out. We did reach out on our own to someone to eat free, you know, didn't we? I thought we did. Or was that the guy he supplied? I can't remember. I think we did both. Did both. Because at that point, we were like... I, you deal with it. You deal with it. We're not like, this is ridiculous. Just deal with it. And, and we know because the whole thing just felt real weird that this is, that they were asking for, you know, for, for this kind of thing, especially yeah. since we had it with a domestic company. Correct. And how, real quick on the, to back up a little bit, uh, your QC reports, who paid for those QC reports and where did you get them done? In America, or like, did you, you know, how did, like, was it their QC report guy, or was it your guys? How did it do? No, the, the QC stuff that we got from France, like saying these, this thing That's is wrong. Them. Yeah, that was them. We, but how about have, domestically? You had to have some sort of QC report for domestic, no? I don't think we ever saw one. I don't think we've seen one. I think we've never been charged for a QC report? If, no. No. Not domestically. That's um, bizarre. but. So this was one thing that I believe, like he, I think this was actually a selling point. I feel like he's, he's like, they have, they sales agent had a deal with someone to deal with the QC stuff that would not be charged on our, something like that. So basically they gonna- sort of have a department that takes care of that stuff, which was another great selling point that we don't have to deal with. Any it was of that. like, it was a third party company and we've talked, you know, we talked to them, all the material went through them, you know, that kind of thing. Like, but you weren't charged for that. Nothing no, on paper. Not a domestic. Yeah, nothing on paper. That what would seen. end up happening if, say, you know, like that France stuff where they kicked it back, they kicked it back to us and we would, you know, because Nick has the skills, he could fix it. We fixed it. Yeah. I don't know what people would do if they couldn't fix it. They'd be charged. I think they'd charge it. But the fact that we could do it ourselves, I mean, did, was there something for domestic? I don't think there was. It was just France. I don't think we ever saw that. We're like, and, you were charged a hef- and you were and we charged a hefty amount for that QC report in France, right? Well, the thirteen hundred dollars for France, the, the the South Korean one, whatever that is, that was the big one, which we don't know. We don't again. That's something we should we need to yeah, follow. That, up. This is after the breaking of the relationship. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you, have you no, broken the relationship or not? Or, well, no, no. Just meaning that we haven't had any sort of conversation since we are, asked for. They don't money. respond through email or them. anything, and you haven't called them either. You haven't, haven't shown called. up to their office I either. So I think <laughs> no, it's in Arizona, in Arizona, which is very. Fantastic. Advantageous for them. Yes, it's. Uh, uh, but I think I think you know sharing this stuff has been great. Cathartic. Yes. Yeah, it's very scary at first because you know I don't think we're supposed to talk, but I still feel like if if this guy found out, he would be very angry and. Okay, I, I I promise you he'll he'll probably find out after this episode, um, and and you know what I and I, if. I promise you something. 
if this guy pokes his head out, um, I'll I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I feel like we're not, we're not, you know, we're not doing this maliciously. We're not like, no. like people need to hear this stuff and no. people need to be honest. And because the, you know, we made this movie ourselves, we owe nothing to anybody else. Like other people, Thank God. Other people I mean, yeah. that they're dealing with, like, I understand the, like, when other friends of ours are making movie, they have, there's investors to worry about. There's other, we don't have that. So we can be very transparent about right. this and hope in the hope to help other people. But right. And I think in talking about it, what we realized is, like you said, no, this is par for the course. I think we thought like, oh, we're stupid. We're the only ones. We're, we're the idiots. only ones who no. were idiots. No. And and we don't no. want to push because. We're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. Yeah. Honestly. No, no. Like, I, look, embarrassing. It is. No, I look. It, look, I, and I, I understand your feeling. Look, I. I'm a professional. I've been in this business for 25 years. I've been screwed over. I had to, you know, I've dealt with things with my films. I've dealt, I've seen so much in post, uh, as I'm sure you have as well, Nick, where you just see the projects and you hear the stories because you're in the room with the producers or the directors or things like that. It happens all the time. It is par for course. It is the way business is done and it needs to change. And I think these kind of conversations put out publicly Will like I promise you, this conversation, this episode, will help one filmmaker out there not to go down this road, at least, if not more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or at least to ask the questions that we didn't, mm-hmm. or at least to you know get someone on their side to like, you know, be their supporter right. or give them even just going into the situation with a little more knowledge could help someone invaluably. Mm-hmm. I feel like even if they you know kind of want to go down this road if they feel like they don't have anything left but they at least would know something more than we do yeah and i think the broader conversation is the system is broken mm-hmm. and we it could absolutely turn in our favor if we take the control as filmmakers right now and say you know stop doing that let's figure out what works for us because that way is a dark forest that you're never going to get out of. Yeah. And there's no question, you know, I, I, and I've been, I've been selling this idea and pushing this idea for a long time, but I truly believe the only future for independent filmmaking is the entrepreneurial filmmaker. It's the filmmaker who really understands the business, who really understands how to create multiple revenue streams from their film, do things on their own, things that they can control revenue streams that they can control. If you partner with a distributor, understand that that might be a loss leader, to just get your film out there if you don't want to spend any money. But there's ways to get your movie out there now that, and there's ways to sell your movie that you can generate revenue. There's just no excuse for this. This is, this is not a business. This is just, uh, this is a carnival. It's a carnival. I mean, it's like basically you're, I always tell people when they're dealing with this side of the business, it's like you're going into a casino and you're playing against the house and sure. Do some people win the jackpot? Absolutely. That's the one they're marketing, by the way. That's the one everyone's like, Hey, look at this guy. He just won, but everybody else in the casino is losing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, yeah, I feel like we know that. And and having these conversations with you and as well as when we talk with Naomi, it's, it's helping us too to kind of, you know, sort of motivate ourselves to, you know, maybe get back out there and try to find out what's going on. And, and you know, yes. To- yes. I think we were very, again, just, we were shell shocked and embarrassed and, you know, I feel like we, we're giving ourselves power too. that. Like, no, this isn't fair. 
and yeah. something's going on and, and, and we can do something about it. No, there's no question. And, and that's what, that's how most of these predatory distributors, predatory sales agents, they, they want to make sure that it's so embarrassing that you don't want to go out publicly with it. It's right. very similar to other situations that have happened recently in the entertainment industry with the Me Too right. movement. That right. that I mean, look, how many of us heard the concept of the casting couch? Oh, it's the casting couch. It's just the way business is done. Is. Exactly. Right. So in my what I've said um, is that this is kind of a moment in time for this side of the business because it is a raping financially of you. It's destroying lives financially. If you would have, if you would have mortgaged your home on right. this, which by the way, you're not, I know oh, Nick, not. Nick just puckered up real quick, right? When I said that, but it would be, imagine, so done it. of yeah. course, so do I. And there's so many yeah. filmmakers out there who are like, I mortgaged my home. I, I, I cashed out my four. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 401k. I took my kid's college fund. <laughs> Whatever it is to make my dream come true. And then this happens and these kind of situations happen. And of course, like the whole thing with Distriber, how it's destroyed thousands of filmmakers' lives. And and honestly, they were the they were don't forget they were the they were the I'm gonna save you. Yeah. I'm gonna save you from the bad predatory distributors. Right. And and they have ended up being worse than yeah. the predatory distributor. It is it's a conversation that needs to continue, and I will do my part to continue that conversation. But I truly want to thank you guys so much for being so transparent, so vulnerable, um, and publicly coming out with these very detailed numbers and all the, all the details of this horrific experience for you. But I mean, at the end of the day, we've learned, I've learned from my mistakes and that's the only way you can grow and learn. I promise you your next film, not going to be going this way. I hope, yeah. I hope. Yeah. No. no, we, I mean, right now we've got some great producers we're working with mm -hmm. and we are, they've got our back and hopefully going forward. That's like one of the big things we need is someone to sort of advocate for us and work with us and everything we've known. Yeah. We're not going to go down this road again. Yeah. And make sure and now you know what questions to ask too. And you can't, you can never rely on someone else to take care of the business for you. Yeah. The second you relinquish that control, you're mm -hmm. done. So as yeah. long as you have someone helping you and you're part of the conversation and you're educated in the process, then you're going to make it. If not, it's, right. 
And I think it's hard because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers are doing it for the love of the art Art. side. Telling the story. And, and, and telling the story. And so, you know, to reach that point where you're just like, Oh, I have to find out. I have to educate myself about business is a really hard turn. Or else you would have gone to business school. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We're not, we're not, we're not, um, we don't have the, the basic, it's just not in your DNA. It's not in your DNA. It's not in your DNA to do that. But we need it. We need it there. And these kind of conversations, what you're doing to get people more educated is just invaluable. So we really appreciate you you bringing knowledge to people as well. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's the least I can do. And it's like a friend of a, fr- a friend and I, a producer friend of mine, Suzanne Lyons, she always said this term, there's the word show and there's the word business and the word business has twice as many letters as the word show. And, <laughs> and, and there's a reason for it because without that business, there is no show, you know? Uh, so it, it is so, so crucial. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my guests, I'm going to twist it around a little bit based on our conversation. What advice would you give a filmmaker going into distribution? Well, I think the biggest one is like finding those people, you know, understanding that it's not in our DNA to, uh, about business, finding people that it is in their DNA business that you can partner with. And luckily we have um, some people we really love that are working with us on our next film and and we'll learn along the way. Yeah. If you don't know the business side, get someone who can advocate for you. On that, you know, on on your behalf for the business, working with you, that you trust. Yeah, invaluable. Like, if you want to be the creative, get someone who can do the business with you. Okay, what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in life? (laughs) I think. I mean, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier, but that, like, I think sometimes you have to carve you have to carve your own path and that's the thing i feel like yes took took longer to realize in retrospect than i realized like i feel like is that you know you kind of expect that you could you know this sort of lead you can get to a path where you're telling your own stories organically and that is not the case i think you have to put your blood Mm -hmm. sweat and tears into carving out that path yeah and we're starting to think of ourselves as a brand and that people ha- are going to start coming to us as like, here's what we know, what we can get from Nick and Carrie. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think a big actual step, the thing you, I think is the thing we're trying to embrace is, you know, newsletters, getting on social media, like really reaching out to people. It's hard. It's again, not something that's in my DNA, but like really cultivating being your own salesperson. Yeah. So, so you mean you have to know business and marketing? Oh, you talk about, you're already talking about all that. I mean, oh, you got to do both things and establish (laughs) yourself as a brand. Oh, stop it. I just want to make pretty pictures. I want to tell stories and put up pretty pictures. I don't want to think about any of this stuff. (laughs) I think a great way to think about it is that stuff can be creative too. I I look at it. Yeah. Exactly how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, let's let's be super creative about what we put on our Instagram, you know, or let's be super creative about how we're going to distribute the next the next one. It doesn't business can mean like, oh, we have to follow these steps, but you know, we're actually at a time where we can try and do something ourselves. Break all the yeah. steps. Now, what was the biggest fear you had to overcome to just get out and do this first film? 
uh, for me, it was partly, you know, we're going to, we're about to dump a whole bunch of money into this, but right. also just that, like, we just have to, we like doing this ourselves is like, you know, is a big first step, but I, I don't know. I feel like we got over that pretty quick. Like once we sort of <laughs> said, in the war. <laughs> yeah, I feel like once, once we said we're doing this, it was like, okay, we're doing this. So that was, you know, it was, it was, it was a big fear, but one that was sort of blasted through pretty quickly. Yeah. I think that's how you have to deal with all fear. Yeah. yeah. Blast through it. So basically what you're telling me is you, you, before you stepped onto the battlefield, you were nervous and scared. I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. When the bullets start flying, you're like, we don't got time to be afraid. We got to, yeah. we got to keep going. I also think the other thing is people, you know, will say like, well, how did you do that? How did you make the movie? And I really think for us, it was just like, just <laughs> tiny bit by tiny bit. Like you're just making the one, you're putting the one step in front of the other. You're just doing the one thing every day that you can get done. And, and then it kind of becomes demystified as far as fear, fear yeah, is concerned I, because you're just plodding along. You know, we, we had so many great people working with us on, you know, for the production that filled in any sort of knowledge we didn't have. And again, I want to just credit Doug Billich and, and Paul Roca for just being 100% invaluable and in filling in that knowledge and sort of they've done it. So if we had any, they're like, no, you know, don't worry, guys. We got your back. We got your back. And that. That would be sort of the, the, like, the fear. If you're worried about something, make sure you have someone who's not worried about that thing mm. to like back you up. Cause that will, it will, there are people who will be able to, you know, not worry about that. Cause they know, they know mm -hmm. how to sort of get through things. So like, like visual effects, like if I don't know anything about visual effects, I'm like, what's, why can't I key out a yellow background? I don't understand. I yeah. don't. <laughs> why can't, why can't the monster do this? Well, you don't have any money for the monster to do that. So. <laughs> And the most, the toughest question of all, three of your favorite films of all time. Ooh, do we each get three or do we have to mash up our three? If you could, you could each get three if you're, if you're, let's not spend an hour back. on it. Yes, yes. Should if we don't spend first? an hour on it, because I've had this conversation with two guests on, I'm like, look guys, it's 30 minutes and we gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta move it I along. Say, we'll, we'll do our three and we can do them super fast. Go for but it. then I think the idea is, uh, for our brand is that we're going to mash all of these up at some, at some point. <laughs> Obviously. Off, yeah. the, off the top of my head, three movies I love. Um, City of Lost Children, Great. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and... Um, the one we share is Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Star can, we Wars. can we combine all those three movies together? That would be an amazing that, film. Yes. That's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yours, Gary? Star Wars, uh, Roman Holiday, and... Um, nice. uh, uh, Stand By Me. Which I can, I can. We see. are working on something that combines Stand by Me and yeah. So yeah. that's that's and Star Wars, Stand by Me and Star Wars, fantastic. Yeah. I think it's, it's for Disney Plus. You have a deal for Disney Plus. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's great. I mean, yeah. as you know, as you can see behind me, I have a life size Yoda behind me. So yes. you can love that Yoda. Yes. Yeah. So I am a Star Wars fan as well. Uh, I, I have not seen the Mandalorian just yet, but okay. I I do have it. It's waiting we'll there for me. After. We'll talk. We'll talk After. about it off off air. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about it off air, guys. Seriously, Nick Carey, thank you so so much for being on the show and and being so raw and open about all these information. I really think it's invaluable that we continue to have these conversations so the bad guys don't win and the creators get the power because in today's world we do have the power to control our own destinies. It's not like the olden days where there was only one gatekeeper. There is ways to make money with your film if you're smart yeah. about it. But I really 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 appreciate it. So thanks for thank coming you. on. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. And your show is 
way to, you know, get more knowledge out to people. So thanks for you doing what you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. I want to thank Nick and Carrie so, so much for being so transparent and sharing their story with the tribe today. Carrie and Nick, thank you so much. You are doing God's work by spreading the information that you are and helping other filmmakers. And of course, anybody who's trying to help filmmakers, I get behind 110%. So Nick and Carrie, thank you so, so much. The key to defending yourself against these predatory film distributors is knowledge, is information, and sharing as much as you possibly can with the community, with other filmmakers, so other people don't get taken advantage of by these predatory film distribution companies. Things are going to get rougher as we continue to move forward in time because the industry is being shaken to its core by all of the technological changes where the film distributors have no idea how they're going to generate their revenue, how they're going to make money, and they're going to become more and more predatory, unfortunately. And I promise you, when the next economic downturn happens, a lot of these companies are going to fold. And if you don't have the proper contracts, proper agreements laid out in when you sign with them, like the bankruptcy clause, like cross-collateralization, like all these things that if these companies go out of business, that the rights come back to you automatically and have a system set up for that to come back to you. If you don't do that, your films are going to be lost in bankruptcy hell for years and years to come. So I'm going to put a link to uh, another episode I did last week about the bankruptcy reboot scam that predatory film distributors are using, as well as my article and podcast about the death of traditional film distribution. I'll have those in the show notes at filmtrepreneur.com forward slash 034. Or if you're an indie film hustle, you could just go to indiefilmhustle.com forward slash FT034. That's FT034. Thank you again for listening, guys. I really hope this episode was enlightening to say the least. Got to protect yourself. Got to protect your films and really dig into the film entrepreneur model. It is, in my opinion, the only model that's going to work for independent filmmakers moving forward. You have to understand multiple revenue streams. You have to understand niche audiences. You have to build product. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.